Welcome to the Bud Rebel Show, a podcast like no other, where we have always a very exciting guest, and today is no exception. But before we talk about that, we're going to also have exciting business ideas. We're going to have those ideas that can either make you money, lose your money, or just make you think. We're also going to have a great story, and we're going to have a lot of fun. Today's guest is John, and he's from an interesting political group called Divide New York. Is that correct, John? Yes, it's Divide New York Caucus. Divide New York Caucus. So if I'm getting that correctly, it's pretty easy, basic. I guess it's dividing New York into different sections. Am I correct about that? Into autonomous regions. So this idea of dividing New York, where did it come from? What is this about? Well, it's not original to us. The idea is actually 150 years old. But it's always been to divide into separate states. Uh, whoever had control at the moment was the one who wanted to divide. When Upstate had control, New York City wanted to divide. When New York City had control, Upstate wanted to divide. And then what has happened over time is it's been blocked by Congress for 150 years because they don't want to give the Northeast two more Senate seats. Well, so like normally a state, since you have the experience of that divides, I guess, West Virginia, Virginia were once one state, is that mm -hmm. correct? That's the last state that split, yes. So that, how does that happen when a state split? How does that happen to happen? When a state splits, the legis normally the legislature approves it. Of the state. And then the Congress approves it. So in those times, West Virginia, do you know anything about history of that? I'm just curious how oh, that yes. came about. We, that's one of the things we researched. West Virginia was a unique case. Uh it was ruled that because Virginia had succeeded from the Union, it was no longer recognized as a state, only a territory, so Congress could divide it any way it chose. And since West Virginia had rose up in revolt against Virginia, it was admitted to the Union as a state. Oh, interesting. So has this, in terms of states dividing, other than West Virginia, is this something that commonly happens in the history of this country? Uh, or not to prior me? to West Virginia, the last one to do it was Maine. Maine. And was Maine, Maine was what states were they? Massachusetts. Maine was part of Massachusetts. <laughs> they had New Hampshire in the middle. Oh, I see. Wow. So how did that come out? Do you have a history of that one? That's uh, interesting. A little the, history lesson, everybody. The history of Maine dividing was basically they didn't get along with the Massachusetts government. And it became such a problem that Massachusetts just allowed them to leave. The same thing happened with Vermont and New York. New York claimed Vermont, but Vermont was always self, had its well, own government uh -huh. since the end of the Revolutionary War. So there it was either going to be a choice of, it was either going to be the Republic of Vermont or New York would have to release it. Wow. And so then they, so that they, they, they were so mad at Ethan Allen over that, they waited to the year after he died to release it. So that actually, so New York, this actually has happened. New York has actually divided. Yes. And when did that happen? That was 1780, 1790, I, I think. I think it had, was a little easier in those days. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was easier in those days. By the way, I'm getting a little thirsty, and we have Pellegrino, Dark Morella, Cherry, and Pomegranate tonight, Granite tonight. And I have a Rise, Rise Oat Milk Mocha coffee. I'm going to start with this one because I'm just getting a little thirsty. On the pomegranate, we'll see how that tastes. Didn't mean to interrupt, but I don't have a dry throat, John. You know, one <laughs> sound is good. So now you're you have a different movement because again, I think dividing, taking New York and splitting it into 
you know, two different states, it would be very complicated, right? No, actually, it would be simpler than our proposal and actually could be done faster. But you would have to get both the state legislature and Congress to agree to it. So it's a little more complicated. Yeah, so that, I'm saying that in that sense, that, it's harder. That, in that sense, it's harder to do. As I said, the Congress has been blocking New York State dividing for 150 years. So they would have to agree to it for some reason. Matter of fact, they, I think California wants to divide too, I think, at this point too. <laughs> California has two movements. They have a six-state movement. And they also have a movement that is copying us now for three regions. Oh, interesting. Uh, Michigan also has a region movement now. So, to, so this is move. This movement cons. This is a different type of thing that's coming along. And what, and what ha- to to have this occur? What would ha- need to be done? We'd have to amend the state constitution only. The feds have no say in it. And and what would this do? Like, so if I live here in Rockland County, what's going to happen? I'm going to vote for governor. Or is it, I'm going to still vote for you. You would still have a governor because the U.S. Constitution requires you have one. Mm-hmm. But the governor would have about just a little bit more powers than the King of England currently does. Oh wow. So he, the governor would basically be symbolic because the U.S. Constitution requires you have him an administrator, but it doesn't require you give him any power. So, okay, so they would divide, it would take New York and divide it, I think it's into three, three, three regions. Three, three regions. So what are the three regions? Westchester, Rockland, Nassau, Suffolk, New York City, that's, and Upstate. Wait, that's more than three, I'm saying. No, Westchester, Rockland, and... Oh, it's one. And Nassau, Suffolk are one region. Westchester, Rockland, Nassau, Suffolk. That okay, would be the Montauk, Montauk region, after and, the tribe that lived in both areas. And how come you decided to in that direction? Um, originally, we were going with the traditional two. And the groups in this area, in Rockland, Westchester, want, didn't want to be part of New York City and didn't want to be part of Upstate. So the ne- nearest thing to do would be to give them their own region. And the reason we kept it together is what we discovered is if we were to split it into four regions, Mm -hmm. whichever county had the most population would control it. So Long Island would be controlled by Nassau County and Westchester Rockland would be controlled by Westchester County. By putting the four together, it becomes what you would call in politics things a purple region. It would alternate politics. No one county would be able to control it. And it would be a balanced thing. And then, and then, New York, I guess New York City's the New York City's the next region. You'd say like the, New York City, the five boroughs would be. A and region. then upstate New York is the third. Correct. So, what is the prime reason for doing this? Well, the original reason when we started in 2015 was lack of jobs upstate because of overregulation. We've been pushing jobs out of upstate. The only way you can get anybody to come in is if you give them tax abatements for both property and a whole bunch of other things. And then they will come in for a little while. And as soon as the abatement runs out, they move. So um, that's the reason because the regulations are basically, at the moment, New York City controls most of the state. And the regulations that work in a densely populated area don't work in a Less populated area. And so, okay, so if this goes again, we would have would we have two senators? We'd still have two senators, and the congressman wouldn't be affected at all. What we would have is three regional legislators, legislatures, and three regional governors. 
And they would actually decide on each way to run the situation. Right. And what we would do is, to comply with the U.S. Supreme Court ruling Reynolds versus Sims, the regional legislatures would meet for six weeks a year as the state legislature with their votes weighted by the population of their districts. And so if this, if this went through, what, I mean, what would be the impact to, of the people t tomorrow? I mean, I, I heard right now they, they're passing a new law, I was told. I don't know if it passed it. That's going to deal with the idea of electricity, that we have to do a certain amount of it by green methods, 70% by 2030 in New York State. Mm -hmm. And, and would that, like a law like that, would that change if these regions well, were done? Well, what happens under the amendment that we, the amendment we drafted, depending on the typeset, in the Assembly, it's about tw 30 pages in the Senate, which is an identical bill. It is about 30 pages, and the reason we did that is it's self-implementing. It automatically takes effect once it's passed by the voters. We did that because of what happened with both Staten Island and, I always mispronounce the bay out in Long Island, Potowick County. Okay. I think I'm mispronouncing that, but in any event. <laughs> I think they know what it is. <laughs> yes, yes. But in, in any event, both of those places, Staten Island voted to leave New York City with 60% of the vote, actually 68% of the vote. The five towns on the eastern part of Suffolk County voted to form their own county with, I think it was 80% of the vote. Both of those proposals are still in, were still in committee in the state legislature since the 1990s, mm. even though they were adopted because they had to be ratified by the state legislature and they just never let it out of committee. Starting in 2020, they were not introduced anymore, so it's basically forgotten. So, like, let's re let's go through the steps again, just so I understand it. Your group is going to try to organize the state legislature. Tell how this would go about again. How would this occur again? Uh, well, there are two ways to amend our state constitution. One of them was voted down in 2017, which is you have a constitutional convention, and we only get that right every 20 years, so we would have to wait to 2037 for another one. Okay. Um, the other way is the legislature passes it twice by simple majority, and then a simple majority of voters approve it. Okay, so the, so you have to get the, the state assembly and the state senate to approve this. Right, we do. Is this partisan? Is this something more Republican before? Democrats? Is there? Is there? Uh, I don't really think it is partisan. So far, most of the support upstate is Republican, but it isn't really partisan. And it's not meant to be. It's meant to make everybody happy. Because what you have now in the New York City area, uh, it, this would actually help them. Because prior to about 17 years ago, upstate used to pay more in income tax than New York City. And Long Island used to pay more in income tax than New York City. Since that time, 17 years ago, upstate's economy has so collapsed that money has to be sent upstate from both Long Island and mostly from New York City. Uh, this impacts their infrastructure repair and the like. And right now, a lot of their infrastructure is state-controlled rather than locally controlled. The craziest one I heard about, and this is a really funny story, but it's actually true, and it's so stupid you, th you think it's made up. Uh, you know how they have the third rail that runs the subways sure. on the ground? There are two cities left that still use a third rail system for electric trains, New York City and Boston. Everybody else uses above 
ground electricity because they can do that now. They couldn't back when they did this. But how they kept the, the rail from shorting out from flood, from rains and stuff, is they have weep holes next to the third rail that drains it. And for over, I don't know, when were the subways built, the late 1890s and the like, mm-hmm. they had maybe 300 people. Their job was to go with this little pole and clean the weep holes so they would continue to drain into the drainage system. Well, the state thought they would save money and they didn't refill those jobs when the people retired. So you notice how you hear about stories of trains getting stuck in tunnels now? Sure. That's why. The state is... Because what happens is if you get a heavy rain and you get a water pool, it will short out one of the circuits. They're designed as separate circuits, so um, you have to, with the you know emotion of the train and whatever, if you unless you're in a station, which is easy to keep clear, um, it would keep going unless nine circuits are dead in a row. So whenever you get nine circuits that shorted out due to water dead in a row, the train gets stuck, and then they have all this. They have to go down, repair the circuit stuff, and pull yeah. it, get the people out, and it's it's a real mess. But the really Funny part about it is these little weep poles are little tiny things. They're really small. And it was just a little pole that used to clean them all. So now if you went through, you'd have to try and detect where they are because they haven't been cleaned in 15 years. Mm. And it's so basic. Right. And it's just so stupid. Yeah. But So basically, I think what you're saying is because these things, these the government is so far apart way in so many ways from the people that a lot of the things that should obviously get done are not getting done. Oh, definitely. And I I believe you're saying, so if the government is closer by being divided, it would. But, you know, this is, you know, this how much publicity of this campaign, how how have you been getting, generating people to know that it exists and and Um, all that? Well, it's it's a very unusual thing. If you're out in western New York or central New York or northern New York, most people know we exist. For some reason, we haven't gotten much publicity in the Hudson Valley New York City or Long Island area. I, I think a part of it is because it's really a pretty big move. That's why it's all on the Bud Rebel show. To like take the state of New York and just like divide it. It's really a profound oh. change. It's almost so people, are, I think there's a lot of, let's say, fear of what could happen. Maybe that's part of it. And people get used to a certain way about it. I mean, like if you're rooting for the New York Giants, you're going to root for the New York Giants of Rockman. <laughs> I mean, the idea is that maybe people, that, I think that's the biggest thing that's oh, causing sure. the fear. And how do you conquer, if that's what you're trying to do, of what's going to happen, how do you conquer that? Well, first people have to understand, we analyze this quite a lot. Uh, the pension system would stay at the token state government unchanged. We'd still have a state controller. Um, the... We explained in detail, it's like 10 pages of the amendment explains how personnel, equipment, and facilities are transferred from the state to the region. So it's self-implementing. And it's also would keep money closer to people. Upstates, which we would call New Amsterdam, would keep its money closer. The Montauk region would keep it, and New York City would keep its money closer. So it could do... Because people who are closer to the problem understand it better. How about if someone runs, the police, there's a police chase, and it goes from New York City to Rockland County? Do you have a different police department that's going to handle that type of thing? Is that happens? Well, actually, that happens now. Uh, when the New York 
we have that they can ch- chain, they can cross a regional line to do that. Actually, federal law allows the New York City police to cross into Connecticut if they're in hot pursuit. Right. Um, so that's one of, probably one of the concerns people have about it being like different areas. Um, we also have the uh, Metro North Rail and the Long Island Rail remain at the state level. It could it be more expensive because you have like just even the paperwork that New York State, all the different signs and everything, different bureaus. I mean, all that type of things to change everything from one, make it three divisions instead of one. Um, it, would, make- it would actually be less expensive to run because you have, the bigger you are, the bigger the overhead administration you have. And the other problem New York State really has now is they've lost 10% of their income tax revenue and it's gone for good. Because before the pandemic, New York State got 20% of its impact revenue from 2,000 families. Unfortunately, I was never one of them, but, <laughs> but approximately 1,000 of those families have now permanently moved out of state. Because of the expense of living here. And the- expense of living here and the like. The other thing that they, that's why if you notice, they have been very quiet about tax to rich recently. Mm-hmm. Because they're afraid if they raise the upper taxes on the rich anymore, the remaining thousand families would just change their driver's license. Wow! And then they're out of the state. So let's see. Let's hear more about you as an individual. When did you get involved in this? What did you do before? As a, and how did? What was the main motivating force that jumped you personally to get involved in this? Um, I'll, well, when I started this in 2015, a lot of my friends' kids had moved out of state. And I was afraid mine might move out of state. You so. started this. You're the you're the founder, president. I'm one of the I'm one of the founders. Yes. Oh, and you were like, and you just like what you were like. Where were you like when you? That's when you were like, you and your friends were hanging out at the bar or whatever, and all of a sudden it came to you. Uh, no, we were just <laughs> we were just hanging out at uh, a meeting at a VFW, and uh, we were talking about it and said we should really divide the state in this, into separate states. And then we realized after we did a little research, we discovered. Congress has been blocking it for 150 years. By the way, you just mentioned VFW means you're a proud server of our country. In other no, words. I was a visitor there. <laughs> okay. I, I'm not <laughs> a veteran. I was, ready to uh, call you. Well, uh, I was going to ask you some good war stories, bad war stories. No. <laughs> Before uh, this, you worked, uh, you worked IT, so you know a little bit about the technology involved in oh, that Oh, definitely. Thing. And how many people now, you started this, it was just how many friends started the movement? Uh, we started it with about 12 people. We now have leaders in about half the New York State counties. We have coalition group members all over. So if you count all the coalition group members, it's probably over 100,000 people. Oh, that are involved in this movement? Yes. Wow. That's a big, uh, that's a, from 12,000. We're really just a facilitating group, the caucus. Right. Because we are small, but... Our member groups are much bigger. And and my question is, what is your next move? Do you have, do you have a proposal now from the state legislature? It's state been in the, we for the last four years. It's been in the state legislature. It's currently in the Senate now. For some reason, the assembly bill number has been delayed, but that happens every two, every two years. You have to reintroduce the bills because mm-hmm. they expire. And for some reason, the assembly is always the slowest on getting the new numbers for the new year. So. We figure probably by March or 
Definitely, if they obey their own rules, they have to issue the number by April 1st. So is it by April 1st they're going to have to vote on this, or what happens? No, it, 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 it's introduced, and then it has to go into committee, like it was before, and it got stuck in committee the last two years. There are basic ways to get it out. We're trying to use a clause in the New York State Constitution to get it out right now, mm. but our research shows this clause hasn't been used for 70 years. Wow. Okay, so it's a little bit tricky, and I guess it's um, I know with, with politics, no, it's who you know what, it gets to some degree, right? Oh, definitely. Right. But it's a really unusual. New York State is one of the few states that has no right of petition for its people. Right. But it has a right of petition for municipalities. So if you get a municipality to ask, right, them, they can do a home rule resolution. And under the state constitution, that obligates the legislators that represent that county, town, or city to sponsor or co-sponsor the bill they request. Hmm. So that's they don't have to vote for it, but they do have to. They are obligated, whatever that means. I've had three lawyers give me three different definitions, so we don't really know this, what it means. This is a pretty big investment of your monies and time. So would you say how much you spend on this effort every day and how much money has gone to this whole thing? Uh, personal, I don't really keep track of it. <laughs> we do no. have a. We are incorporated and we do take donations and we have been self-funding for some part. Unfortunately, they don't pay for travel or stuff like that because we don't have that kind of funds. <laughs> right. So, but I'm saying time-wise, you must dedicate a lot of time to this. Well, I'm retired blood. now, so I have more time. <laughs> That's good. Uh, That's we good. have a seven-member board of directors now. Since you're a, a person that loves to, I think, outside the box, I want to give you some ideas that we share on this show. As you might know, the movie theaters are not doing as well as they used to. And it came to me of a thought I was considering out there. That one of the reasons, because when you go to a movie and you leave the movie, it's done. You're done with the whole thing. The experience as a whole is, is in your head. But I'm thinking about maybe a movie after party club, where after you go to the movie, you go to this place and you discuss the movie for, with your friends and family, with the director for hours or half an hour, whatever, have a few drinks. What do you think of that concept, John? That might be fun. I don't know if it would work or not. I've been to the movies maybe two or three times. I used to go more often in the past, but... I think a lot of the problem is most of the movie trailers I see, I'm, I don't really want to see the movie. <laughs> that <laughs> that I think could be that, a reason. Like, I, think that, I think that's the problem. Um, my wife wanted to go see that uh, 80 for Brady movie, so we went to see that, and that was really funny. That was a really funny movie. I really liked it. And then, But then with the movie after party, you could talk to the people involved in the creation of the movie maybe. You can talk to other people about what they found funny or serious, maybe get more out of it. Is it something that you would possibly go to, like a movie after party? Something you can uh, see of course, I'd try it once. I, <laughs> if I liked it, I'd go back. It really, it really depends on where it is. Most of the movies are made out in Hollywood or some faraway place, so you're not going to get in a local party, especially where I live, any of the stars show it up or no, something No, it would, be, it would, like it would be more like a social gathering of the people that went and, and that would help the movie industry, maybe mm -hmm. at the local place to serve drinks well, and be more casually built. Well, we usually, well. actually, I guess we have that on a small concept now. The last movie we went out to eat after it and t discussed it a little bit. So we went with formally. small groups. So it's informal, but it happens. Yeah, that's um, I know there was some talk of turning movie theaters into dinner theaters. Yes, some of them are. Some of them have the dinner before. And so maybe that's the way to go because it seems like uh, all the movies are just now drawing people in. I think it's a lot 
because of what's going on with streaming. There's a lot of competition with that. And it's very expensive in the theater. So unless there's something real, like you were saying, that's really brings you in, it's hard to go. I also had an interesting thing. It was very, I like to think outside the box. And last guest that was here had some white and black cookies. You know, the ones that they do in Seinfeld, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, can they be reinvented? Why just white and black? Why not, I don't know. Pink and blue. I mean, what is it? What is that white and black? They're artificial anyway. I'm just wondering why are we are just stuck with that. Why not try something a little bit more original? If you were going to pick two flayed colors for this new cookie, what would you pick as the colors? Well, I'd pick lemon for one of them. Lemon for one. Okay. What's the other flavor? Maybe this would be uh, that. I, I like Oreo, so I guess chocolate. Lemon Oreo. Like, lemon chocolate. Yeah. But, uh, I think if you go with lemon, I'm going to go with raspberry. Lemon and red. Maybe that would be a nice little flavor combination. It might be. I've never tried lemon and raspberry together. We, we might have just I'd invented be willing a new to try cookie. it at least once. <laughs> we might try. Man, just invented a new cookie. Another thing that I like to do on the show is, is give a little personal story. Something that happened in your life. Maybe just a little bit outside the boundaries of what you normally would do. So I'm going to tell you a little story, and then you can tell me if you remember a little story you'd like to tell. Maybe I don't know if it's similar at all. But when the... Drinking age increased from 18 to 21. I was caught in that gap. And at that time, it was like the, it was like the last time, it was the last hurrah, you might say, was 18. So me and my friend took a car up to Vermont, I think it was, where it was still 18. And it was a blizzard. And that we happens were, a lot in Vermont. Yeah, and we I live very close to it. <laughs> and we were driving like it was like a half an hour, hour away. I didn't. Even, it was like that, but it was like two and a half hours. By the time we got to the bar, it was closed. <laughs> to make matters more interesting, for one second, literally one second, I forgot to turn the light on. So as I'm getting out of the car, getting to get going, the police stopped me for testing me for drinking and driving. <laughs> uh. Well, that didn't really affect me. I was well over 21 <laughs> when they lowered the age to 18. And it probably would never would have affected me anyway, because when I was 18, I looked 25, so it didn't really matter. Now that I'm older, I don't really like the fact I look older than I am, but <laughs> well, at least back then it was fun. At least they don't check you for you drinking. when you, that, that situation doesn't occur too much, right? That's the good thing about it. <laughs> Uh, if they did, if they ever proofed me going into any place, I, I would think the person who had an eye problem. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, our divide thing has been moving along slowly because it, it is well, we are pushing it. It's really a question of what people want. Currently, there being the natural gas thing is starting to give us even more. Things because tell me what's the, what's the natural gas situation? Well, the current how they did it is so backwards that it, it's very interesting. They created a climate council, and the climate council was created last year in a vote, and it was to issue regulations which just came out. And if the state legislature does nothing, the legislate the regulations automatically take effect and have the force of law. So what they've done is effective 2035, you can't replace, you can't install a gas, natural gas furnace, a propane furnace, or a wood stove. But what furnace can you have? Electric. That's it. Plus, one of the things is they're going to stop the sale of propane, natural gas, and wood 
effective 2030. So basically you'll have to go to electric, but the problem is they are also restricting the creation of new power plants because everything has to be either wind or solar. So California is a little ahead of us on that. And I don't know if you've read about their rolling blackouts. Yes, I heard about that basically. Yeah, every once well, in a while, what it is them. is they have banned new power plants. Everything else has to be wind or solar. It's not producing enough electricity during their summer for air conditioning. So the only way they can handle it is do rolling blackouts. They have to turn off whole cities or neighborhoods and rotate it around. Now, in their climate, for the most part, that doesn't, unless you're in the California mountains or something, which has its own power grid, basically, um, it won't kill anybody because when it's too hot, you can go out of the house and get out of the super hot house or weather for the most part. So it's it's rarely going to kill somebody. But you know what? Let me just but here, yeah. when it gets cold in the winter, we will have rolling blackouts under this plan. And if you can't heat your house for 12 hours, you're in serious trouble around here. That is very scary. And another thought about it is also if the whole green movement is basically to get electric cars. And if you're having a rolling blackout, there's no way to charge your car. Right, so you can't leave. So that won't help you with the movements of electric cars. You'll be stuck in the house. And one of the things that's very interesting about that whole green movement is, if you, if whatever you feel about the whole movement is, we might, we could do everything we want. We can go back to you know horse and buggy if we want, but if China and India don't do it, we're really wasting our time. We're just one puzzle of that piece. So it seems like it seems we're, like a, a we're even a small puzzle part of. The I mean, puzzle. it's like we're making ourselves suffer for that, which is really interesting. If you believe in the whole movement, it's got to be worldwide, and it's not. So I don't really understand how we are doing so much struggling with this thing. It's very weird. So you, so this is going to affect everybody in New York during the wintertime. People are going to be really, it can really make people freeze. Has this, has this happened anywhere else in the Northeast where they are planning to do anything like this? No. New York's the first one in the Northeast. So if you're divide, New York doesn't work. I think a lot of people by 2030 would move to Florida. Even more than we, normal. We, we, would have to, we, would have, we would have to flee. It's, it's, it's literally ridiculous. Um. No, let me ask you a question. Yeah, I have on this in this place here, I have a generator, an I have a solar generator. Mm-hmm. So if it's winter, I'll be I'll be safe in my house. Well, it depends. One, a solar generator works if the sun is out. Right. So if, if the sun's not out, it may be a little chill for a day. Like today, I don't think your solar generator would do much. Uh, you'd also have to have a way to. If we have snow, you'd have to have a way to clear the solar panels of the snow. Right, because it doesn't work when there's when there's snow on them. Um, no, wait, I'm just interrupt because I saw this, these things come in my head. Is that it's actually can kill people because you have people that actually have certain machines that need to be charged. Correct. And if the electricity goes down, it will kill people. Wow. It is a matter of life and death. It's not. It's not a simple thing. Sometimes I think they I mean, actually want the older generation to die off so they don't have to pay our retirement. It's sort of scary. It is. I mean, someone should talk about it because, then, you know, if you know, I'm sure the hospitals have generators for this stuff. But I'm talking about like the regular people in the home that have like diabetes that plug in their machines to get charged or whatever. And now with this system, they won't be able to do that. I mean, it really can cause really well, a major problem. It, it really depends on 
home care. The too. last time we had a blackout where I was, um, I had to drive like 20 miles to get a gas station that wasn't blacked out because all the gas station pumps need power to pump the gas. Right. So that was okay. I had a gas car. I could drive there. I could go back to get gas for my generator and the like. But um, it was crazy. It was... Uh, it's very difficult. Yeah, but I'm just I'm talking about people in homes that have home care, that are elderly, that are on these machines, that don't have a generator... Right, and then you have a rolling well, blackout. Well, all the, all the, most of the emergency generators in hospitals run on natural gas. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow, they opened the whole that. I was hoping that was not true. <laughs> uh, the really, the really strange part about it is in New York City. Do you know what the backup power grid system is runs on in New York City? What's that? Natural gas. And they're getting rid of that too. Well, when they get rid of the natural gas, it will get rid of their backup power system. Oh, it was installed after the 1970 blackout. So uh, the that truth is, three days. is it possible this thing will be rescinded or changed by that time? Huh. Unless I, guess, I don't know. And and if Divide New York was to win this battle and change the state, I would assume that certain areas would change this. Well, the, what happens is under the Divide New York plan, all these laws would become regional laws, and then the regional legislature could either delete them or keep them. Right. I assume New York's... The New York region would go more the way it wants to go, and the Montauk region would go the way it wants to go, and upstate would go the way it wants to go. It would sort of be like uh, the best foreign example I could give is remember Czechoslovakia? Sure. Well, Czechoslovakia had was really two countries that got sandwiched together. They speak Czech in the Czech republic now and they speak slovakian in the slovakian half of it and they just had what was a nice sense of listen we don't want to they fought so much they just decided okay we'll set up two countries and we'll share some things through the european union and it worked out great both countries seem to be happy now there's no more major fights like we always have here mm -hmm. and it works. Um, since 2015, in addition to the power thing, we've also had gun control disputes. We've had um, bail reform disputes and all other and a lot of other disputes. And some of these things, and plus there's the, also the unfunded mandate thing that is why we have the highest property taxes in the United States. Yeah, I, I, the biggest thing is that you have a, a good, a really, it seems like a very strong campaign to get out there. But as you know, it's so hard <laughs> to, get to get the information out. Exactly, yes. especially in this world where everybody's on their own world doing their own thing. So how you, can you get it out there? Especially, you know, people do things at the last minute. That's one of the things, too. Um, that is our major problem is getting it out there. As I said, we've gotten a lot of publicity in the northern part of New York, western New York, and central New York. For some reason, in the Hudson Valley region and New York and Long Island, we haven't gotten a lot of publicity. And I don't know how to change that, actually. That's one of my major problems. But interesting point. It's very, that I just looked at as I was talking to you, because I don't know whether it's, it's something has that implication to you or whatever. It's just a really a weird fact, you might say. 
You know Mel Brooks, the comedian, uh, movie producer, director, and all that stuff, right? Yeah, I remember. I saw some of his movies. I think he's still around, isn't he? I think he is. What, a movie, he was producing The Elephant Man. But because he wanted to have a serious tight name to it, he took his name off it. And he was actually involved in the project. So it's interesting. Sometimes it may not be, it may be that names have found are involved in your campaign that help build it up, that change it up. You know, maybe there's like a, a celebrity that wants to get involved where you can pull. Well, if you know any up. celebrities <laughs> that like to get involved, let me know. Well, I don't know if there's any celebrities out there that are interested. Maybe they're interested in getting involved in the campaign as a whole. Um, well, if, if the people are interested in getting involved in this whole campaign, how can they? Um, well, if you go to our website, which is dividenewyork.org, you'll find we have um, a local action thing on, on how to get your local government to pass a home rule resolution. As I said, the municipalities have a right of petition and the people don't in New York. A home rule resolution, the reason it hasn't been used in 70 years is they never have done the second half of it. All the resolutions they've passed recently on various issues, they pass the resolution and don't transmit it. They're required under the state constitution if they want it to be an official home rule resolution is to transmit it to any assemblyman or senators that represents all or part of their municipality or county or whatever. So... Um, that and nobody tr bothers to transmit it and what we found out since the constitution is old and no judge has ruled that email is the equivalent to certified mail the only legal way you can transmit it is certified u.s mail hmm. um which makes it a little bit more old yes challenging to do well i'm sure every municipality knows both the office and home addresses of all their legislators they could easily transmit it to to their office address or their home address or wherever they wanted to if they chose to. So, again, the, the website is dividenewyork.org. Uh-huh. And they can just get involved. They can contribute financially. They feel that's a good thing. They can get involved in any way they like. Yes. And you guys have, I guess, you have rallies or your events going on, social events and stuff like that, I guess, in the calendar. Uh, we do have, we have had some events. We haven't scheduled too many yet for this year. This year we're trying a different tack than we have in the past. We used to have independent events. Now we're trying to meet with groups that might be interested. So we've been doing that. We, it doesn't get as much publicity on our website because we only publicize it if the group authorizes us to publicize it. Sort of like the Mel Brooks approach, right? Putting a name behind that. Maybe that's not effective. Um, we have had meetings at various VFWs, you know, Kiwanis, you name it. But uh, it depends on what the people want to do and we try to and since we have county leaders all over the state um we usually can get a county leader to show up and do a presentation there yeah by the way to be honest i didn't want to make lead the audience in the wrong view but i want to be honest i have gotten involved in divide new york myself i think it's a really powerful movement i think it's going to be very interesting to see I believe that government, just like business, has to get closer to the people to be more effective. I don't like big. I like small and fighting, you might say. In our sense, that's where our country was divided into 50 different states where different ideas can expound. But when one state becomes just too big and too on top of people, we need to divide us up. And that's why I got involved. I want to I wanna end the show. I want to end the show on 
a special note. This show is dedicated to my father, Seymour Weinfeld, that passed away or almost a year ago today. And it's about legacy. The idea I end up with is on legacy is because what I want to say is some things lead, leave a channel. What John is doing, if it comes true, is, is an answer of legacy. Maybe, maybe it'll take 20, 30 years to this come true, but if he does what he's, what he's talked about today, he could change so many people's life and maybe even save a few lives. As example, you can get legacy can be involved in being involved in uh, a oh, legacy can be involved in being involved in an art project. Whether it's what we do with the Bud Rebel Show, where we produce video content that hopefully people enjoy way after I'm here, and music and, or art like paintings. Legacy is involved in the character you leave with others as well. So when it came to my father. He left me a legacy of working really hard. Always wanted to make sure you do the best of what you did. And a legacy of keeping family and friends together through it all. Thank you so much for joining the Bud Rebel Show. And we wish you all the best. God bless everybody.